Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Got a story here that's been popping up into the news in Missouri off and on over the last year or so. And it's finally resolved in a way that makes sense. <laughs> and it's one of the strangest stories that I've encountered since I started doing this channel uh, nine years ago. And it involves, as you recall, a uh, couple, a man and a woman, who uh, engaged in activities inside a car that uh, men and women do sometimes when they love each other very much. And the woman said that she caught something from the man. And she then wanted to take action against his insurance company, saying that what had happened was related to the use of the car, because they'd been in a car, apparently, when the things happened. And so what made the news previously is that at one point in time, an arbitrator awarded her $5 million. And then a court said, well, the arbitration award will get enforced because that's what we do. And they, and they enforced the award and, and entered a judgment against the insurance company for $5 million. And so then what happened was the insurance company said, gee, <laughs> we kind of wish we'd known about this because the insurance company, while they have a duty to pay claims, they also have a duty to defend claims. They have, they have the duty to defend a claim. So in a typical situation, let's suppose you're driving your car and you do something stupid and you hurt somebody. And they file a lawsuit and you get served with the lawsuit. You look at the lawsuit, you go, oh, I'm being sued because of the use of my car. You call your insurance company and they'll say, okay, thank you. And they will step in and defend you. So job number one is the defense. Job number two is to pay the claim or settle the claim. But the first thing is they have the right to defend you. And it's an obligation, actually, but they've also got the right. So they said, look, we never even got a chance to defend this case. This is not fair to us. And so the lower courts had said, well, that's kind of the way things work. Guess what? Supreme Court of Missouri yesterday issued the ruling saying that, no, 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 that's not how it works. And this award just got spun around, as I like to say. So Supreme Court of Missouri, in a case called M.O., they're using the initials because these people want to keep their anonymity, M.O. versus Geico, appeal from the Circuit Court of Jackson County, uh, and it's only a four-page opinion, and, and more like three and a half pages, so it's a very brief opinion, I like that. Geico Insurance Company appeals a Jackson County Circuit Court's judgment confirming an arbitration award on behalf of somebody named M.O., Geico argues the circuit court made a mistake in confirming the arbitration award because, pursuant to statute, Geico had a right to intervene before the judgment because it filed its motion to intervene prior to entry of judgment. So they found out about this procedure as it was kind of unwinding, and they filed documents with the court saying, we'd like to get involved here and intervene. And uh, the court apparently said, no, you did that too late, but they didn't, according to the Supreme Court of Missouri. The circuit court's judgment is vacated and the case is remanded. So case isn't over. It just means that they're going to basically start over, but Geico gets to be involved at square one. So the facts and the history of the case are that MB and MO, they're both using initials here, are two consenting adults and they entered into a relationship which indicated they liked each other very much. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit of this because because, among other things, it's funnier. During November and December of 2017, the two of them had intimate relations in MB's vehicle. During those relations, that vehicle was insured by Geico. 
And M.O. subsequently contracted a virus, which M.O. claims she contracted from M.B. during their relations in the vehicle. So apparently they never had relations anywhere else. That must be the case, right? So they, they, they were only in the car. <laughs> I don't know what kind of car it was. I'm curious. Some cars lend to themselves this more than other cars. M.O. sent a demand letter to GEICO asking for GEICO to pay the claim limits of the insurance policy for bodily injury to her after contracting the virus from MB in a vehicle that Geico insured on behalf of MB. Geico denied coverage, said we don't cover that. And so the two of them, without informing Geico, entered into an agreement to arbitrate the claims between the two of them. And apparently you can do that, but the agreement provided that the claims would be submitted to arbitration and she would only seek recovery of any judgment on those claims from the insurance company and not him. So if you agree to arbitrate with me, I will promise you that I will not try to get the money from you. I'm going to try to get the money from your insurance company. Is that cool? The guy's like, cool. After arbitration, the arbitrator awarded her $5.2 million. Now, <laughs> This is an example of something where you look at it and go, wait, stop and think about that sentence for just a little bit longer than otherwise you might. After arbitration, the arbitrator awarded $5.2 million. The arbitrator sits as both judge and jury in a case with final say. So they are doing both the legal aspects and the factual aspects. And so an arbitrator to award $5.2 million in this setting, presumably is saying that not only was she injured to the extent that $5.2 million is fair compensation, but it is on GEICO for this. That's what it sounds like. So um, you wonder how an arbitrator could reach that award. I don't think many people would think that your insurance policy would cover you for this. And that was one of the reasons that this story made so much news, is that people were freaking out, going, oh my gosh. Insurance companies shouldn't have to pay for that. That's stupid. So after the award, M.O. informed Geico of the agreement between herself and the insured, but not that they had already arbitrated the claim or that she had even received an arbitration award. She then filed a lawsuit in the circuit court against the man. But remember that she had an agreement that they're going to arbitrate their claims, but she would not seek to get the money from him. But she files the lawsuit against him, presumably because everyone knows that the insurance company's got a duty to defend and a duty to pay. So once he's sued, the insurance company will then have to step in and defend him and presumably pay. After discovering the lawsuit and 20 to, 25 days after notice of the agreement to arbitrate, Geico filed a motion to intervene pursuant to Rule 52-12A1 and 537.065. <laughs> M.O. filed an application for the circuit court to confirm the arbitration award. While Geico's motion to intervene was pending, they're asking the court, we'd like permission to intervene. While that was pending, the circuit court entered judgment and confirmed the award. And just said, well, there's an arbitration award. We're a court, we'll confirm that, boom, go on with your lives now. The circuit court thereafter sustained Geico's motion to intervene, acknowledging that Geico had a statutory, absolute, 
and non-discretionary right to intervene in the matter pursuant to the statute we cited a second ago. Subsequent to the entry of judgment and the order sustaining the motion to intervene, Geico filed multiple motions with the circuit court, including a motion to vacate the arbitration award. The circuit court overruled all of those motions. Geico appealed and the Court of Appeals affirmed. (laughs) So it wasn't just the trial court. It was also the Court of Appeals. So two courts got this wrong and are being overturned now by the Supreme Court of Missouri. So the circuit court overruled the motions. Geico appealed. The Court of Appeals affirmed. The court granted transfer, this court, the Supreme Court, and has jurisdiction. The circuit court's judgment is vacated and is remanded. And by the way, I'm going to let you know something. That, that's, this is like an insider tip from an attorney to, to the non-attorneys in the audience. This entire opinion is four pages in length. Two sides of two pieces of paper. When you get overturned on something where the court writes a four-page opinion, you have really, really screwed up. Because I've seen overturns before where it takes them 75 or 100 pages to explain why the lower court was wrong. As you go through all of the convoluted arguments, you realize, oh, but at least this was confusing. This is not confusing. This is pretty straightforward. So this court has jurisdiction, and the lower court is vacated. The case is remanded. Now, they point out that Geico raises several challenges to the circuit court's confirmation of the $5 million arbitration award. Geico argues that pursuant to statute, it had a right to intervene in the lawsuit against MB before the circuit court confirmed the arbitration award. And the section of the statute talks about this does say, before a judgment may be entered against any tortfeasor, after such tortfeasor has entered into a contract under this section, the insurer or insurers shall be provided with written notice of the execution of the contract and shall have 30 days after receipt of such notice to intervene as a matter of right in any pending lawsuit involving the claim for damages. And so, by the way, a tortfeasor, um, a tort is a private wrong between individuals. So if somebody walks up and slaps you, and that's assault and battery, well, the person who slapped you is a tortfeasor. Uh, if somebody hires uh, an agent who acts negligently and harms somebody, you might be able to sue both the agent and the principal, but the agent is the tortfeasor. It's the person who did it. And so here they say that a judgment before a judgment may be entered against any tortfeasor after such tortfeasor has entered into a contract under the section. The insurer or insurers shall be provided with written notice of the execution of the contract and shall have 30 days after a seat to intervene. So what looks like happened here was that these two people kind of cut a side deal and did a bunch of stuff before the insurance company knew it was happening. And once they knew it was happening, all the damage had been done. And that's why this law exists. Because otherwise... You and I have an issue, but I've got insurance. We'll agree to settle it. I pay you zero, and you can go after my insurance company for the full limits of the claim, you know, whatever, whatever the insurance policy has. And that would cause problems with the insurance industry. The plain language of the statute confers a statutory right to GEICO as the insurer to intervene within 30 days after notice of an agreement between MO and MB before a judgment may be entered. The circuit court did not allow Geico to intervene in the pending lawsuit before judgment was entered. 
even though Geico had filed timely a motion to intervene in the pending lawsuit prior to entry of judgment and within 30 days of notice. So the Supreme Court is saying that their analysis, which takes two paragraphs, is basically analyzing a, I'm guessing, a 50-word section of a statute that just says, before this happens, this has got to happen. That didn't happen. Send it back down. So both of the lower courts screwed up badly on this one. And unfortunately, it's such a goofy case that it has kind of made the courts of Missouri look bad. But they might not care. So they had the right to intervene. The courts didn't allow it. Conclusion. Geico was statutorily entitled to intervene in the pending lawsuit between MO and MB because Geico filed the motion to intervene prior to entry of judgment and within 30 days of notice. Because Geico was not afforded the opportunity to intervene before judgment was entered, the circuit court's judgment is vacated and the case is remanded. So the case will go back down to the trial court where Geico can then bring a motion to dismiss and say the claim being brought here is not the kind of claim that is actually anticipated by this insurance coverage. So if you read the policy of coverage, it's a contract, and it describes what GEICO insures you for. And it's going to describe, on some level, injuries arising from the operation of an automobile. And now, some people are going to say, but Steve, this injury did arise inside an automobile. And I doubt that there's a policy out there that's written that way that says we're here to pay for any claim that arises within an automobile. They're going to say it has to arise from the operation of an automobile. Now, the question is, were what these two people doing arising from the operation of an automobile? I mean, no. They, they, they were in an automobile, but it didn't arise from the operation of the automobile. So I suspect that the first judge that looks at this and gets a chance to toss it on its merits will do so. So that case, like I said, made all kinds of headlines. It did at least one video on it, maybe two. But... This is the correct result. And the sad part is, is that many of the news outlets that covered the story made it sound like Geico had already paid the claim. And I saw several headlines that said, Geico pays $5 million to a woman who blah, 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 blah. That's not what happened. Now, it is true that a judgment got entered and Geico was told that they were going to have to pay it, but they don't have to pay it now that more sound minds have examined this. So getting back to earlier when I said there was an arbitrator acting as both judge and jury, uh, the arbitrator basically decides two issues in a case like this. And one is, is there coverage for the claim? And if so, then how much is the claim worth? And so if this goes back to a court and a judge watches this and reviews this, a judge is going to go, there's no coverage for this claim. Boom, you're done. They're not going to get past that hurdle. So that's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm not going to couch it by saying here's what I think is going to happen or here's what might happen. No, that is what's going to happen. And uh, if I'm wrong on that, and if a, a judge actually says, no, this is a claim for which Geico is entitled, I will come on and do a, a video where I apologize, okay? Because that's not going to happen. So <laughs> I've never been sure of anything in my life than this. So the case is from the Supreme Court of Missouri. I just read you the opinion itself because that's how short it was. Uh, M.O. versus Geico and the Government Employees Insurance Company, which I always thought that Geico was the Government Employees Insurance Company, but apparently there might be two entities, and I'm not sure which is which, but there's no comma between 
general insurance company and Geico. So I don't know. Chad, Arthur, and Lori, I'll send it. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. Good humor is one of the best articles of dress one can wear in society.